these words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. You who don't know me, which is almost everyone, my name is Roberta. And uh, this morning, I just have the pleasure of uh, introducing to the house the guest for today. Um, just to tell you a little bit about them, um, Dr. Mina Bajomo and her husband, Mr. Femi Bajomo, they are here with us today. Doctor, thank you. So um, I asked her how she wants to be introduced. So I want to try and st stick to that so I don't go off on my own um, personal introduction. <laughs> so um, Mr. Femi is the CEO of First Hydrocarbon Nigeria and uh, with his wife, they co-founded the Lapis Lazuli Ministry. I think a few people here know Lapis Lazuli. Yes, they are the founders of Lapis Lazuli. They are also the director of uh, Bethel Sozo Nigeria. People know Sozo here. Yeah? I know there's a few people here who've gone through, who've been Sozoed or who are waiting to be Sozoed or who are, I think one or two at least I know. Um, Isaac just pointed that he's waiting to be Sozoed. And <laughs> Mina, just take note. Or who are interested in um, getting trained as, I think there's one or two I know that are already training as Sozo. So they're, they're the founders of, they're the directors and founders of Bethel Sozo Nigeria. So they're parents of four children and of two grandchildren. They wanted me to let you know that. And most of all, they are children of the Most High God. Like they are what are called responsible children of the Most High God. Because um, what I've watched them over the years do is they have the Father's heart. I, I know them personally. So I speak from a personal standpoint when I say they have the Father's heart. And what they really want to do is share, help you, help everyone to encounter the heart of their daddy. You know, and I think that that's so profound. That's so good because many people live as orphans. People don't know who they are. And if you don't know the heart of your father, you would never know how he feels about you. And that's an identity issue. And I always say that the greatest, one of the greatest challenges that men have, <laughs> crucify me later, men have, and from men, it, it spreads actually to everyone, is the issue of identity. We don't, men don't know who they are because they don't know the love of their father. They don't know what their father thinks about them. They, they don't know who they are. They believe they do. And so if they don't know who they are, they act out of, act of, out of alignment, and then women try to overdo and then miss their own purpose and calling, and then the whole world is in a huge mess like we are today. So it's so beautiful to find people who have caught the heart of Father God, and what they want to do is go around and help people to come into you know, encounter with the heart of Father God. And, you know, this is what they've given their life to. This is what they are committed to. They take it very seriously, and that's what they pour their heart out to. So it's my great pleasure and honor to invite them both to the stage. Dr. and Mr. Femi Bajama. If you ask me, the Lord has done everything, really. I really can't sit down now. But let me just deliver the last bit that he gave to me, and I'll do it as quickly as possible. Um, I'll be speaking from John 4. Um, 
the story of the woman by the well that Jesus encountered. So John chapter 4. We'll maybe look at verses 1 to 30. Now, who hasn't read that scripture? Has everybody read it? In fact, I think it's one of your heart scriptures in this family. So I'm glad and we won't read it. Just have your fingers there so that when I refer to one or two things. Now, I've titled this A Journey into the Father's Heart. And you know, when we talk of journeys, we talk of destination. We talk of the period, duration. We talk of the vehicle. We talk sometimes of preparation for the journey. And so the vehicle we'll be looking into is our heart. And um, our destination is Papa's heart, the Father's heart. Now, our heart, it, Proverbs says in four, chapter 4, verse 23, that um, guard your heart. From out, for out of there flows the issues of life. So the heart is most important to God. And he wants us to begin to give it a much higher um, preeminence that we give it. Because we are so good, especially in a, this, we're so good at suppressing things in our heart. We're so good at hiding things. We're so good at not sh sharing. We're so good at not being open and vulnerable. And the enemy is always afraid. If I'm able to share something that the enemy is doing, he has to leave me. Whereas if I'm able to hide it inside me and um, keep it secret, then he stays there and is continually terrorizing me concerning it. I'll just point out some interesting things about um, this, this story. Now, I'll point out one or two interesting things about this story concerning her heart, the woman by the well, that Jesus met by the well, because it's important um, as we look at our own hearts this morning, as we enter into the Father's heart, as we journey in there. Now, when we read this, notice, you know, how Jesus put a physical demand on her, you know, give me water. Sometimes the Lord is doing that with us. Go and join the children's ministry. Or talk to that person on, on, in your office who is new. Because the Lord is trying to engage us and take us to another level. But also notice how she had so many excuses. Why not? And that's also in our lives. We often have a lot. We very easily see obstacles. Reasons why we can't do things that the Lord is looking for to expand his kingdom. Meanwhile, we know we have a God of the impossible, but the enemy holds us back with filling our ears with hindrances, okay? But that's something you take from that, um, from this story, because she's told him all sorts of reasons why he couldn't give her water because of this, because of that. So she was not focusing on what Jesus was trying to do with her. But also notice how she got excited when she heard of the supernatural. And so we will find that as we do this work with the Lord, we'll need the supernatural. We'll need how to walk like Jesus walked. Because it's not going to be through words and arguments that we're going to get people of other faith in. We've been arguing with them for years. 
we are going to have to learn prophetically what to say to them, what's happening in their life that will make them listen and then ask, who is your God? I want to know him. Now, one big um, (coughs) thing we see with her is that she struggled with relationships. Going to get water in the morning was a social activity. The women got up early with the children. They went to the streams to get water. But here she was going at noon on her own. Maybe she was a loner. Maybe we see in her life, in the story, that she had been married five times. So indeed, there was a lot to gossip about her. So maybe because of that, she didn't want to do relationship with people. She preferred to be alone. But the God we serve is all about relationship. He's a father. Fathers always have children and have to do relationship with them. His beloved son that he sent to die for us, Jesus, is our bridegroom. We are the bride. That's relationship, we and him. And it's a love relationship in there. There's nothing more intimate, bride and bridegroom. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to be our guard, our guide, our counselor. So all the Godhead does relationship. So down here, we are going to have to learn to do relationship well. We have been called into a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, we have become born again, but being born again is like entering through the door. Unless you come in, you don't begin to enjoy the things that are available for you in his kingdom. Remember, you are his daughter. You are his little girl. You are his little boy. He sent his son to die for you and I. That's how much he loves us. And so why don't we get in and enjoy him? Now, you may ask... Um, a lot of times we find, yes, we do um, church, but we do sometimes, we have known of religion, not relationship. The emphasis hasn't been on relationship, it's been on religion. You might ask, what's the difference between relationship and religion? Religion is when the lesser being is trying to strive to be like the almighty or whoever is going through repetitive motion maybe I'm knocking my head on the floor ten times what's the reason there's no reason do you understand it's going through motions it has no power it just has form that's religion just activity okay whereas relationship is about him coming down sending his son to come down and pick me and you from the pit and out of the pit. Nothing that we're here enjoying did we get of our own effort. It was grace. So we are walking in such abundant grace because of his love for us. Not only does he pick us out of the pit, he puts us, as the Bible says, to sit with princes. He says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So 
it is us coming into understanding and beginning to try to appreciate the love that we have been called into. And so I have righteousness conferred on me through all that Jesus died for me for. And so it is, we are in an important season in the body of Christ when we have to understand how to do this relationship because that's the only way we are going to get into the heart of God to do the things with him we are supposed to do. Now, we find that um, a number of things came against this um, woman by the well. Things that happened to her that she believed lies about herself and about God. We see that she had low self-worth. She was a Samaritan and she, in those days, the Jews did not speak to the Samaritans. They looked down upon them. They thought they were a watered down race or a mixed race. And so she knew that. And then she was a woman on top of that. So even when a Jewish man was talking to her, she couldn't rise to the occasion to engage with him. She was saying, oh, I am this, I am that. Why are you coming close to me? Okay? Life's experiences had caused her to undervalue herself. So she was suffering from insignificance. She was suffering from identity issues. She was bound by what her culture said she was who she was by her culture whereas she didn't know who she really was and these are very big things that detract and stop us from walking in the fullness of who we've been called to to do we see later the potential that was inside her when she became an evangelist for the city and that's what happens we have all that inside us but the enemy has thrown things on us that stops us from entering into destiny and call and purpose. So that's why this is quite important. She also had a lot of rejection on her. You can imagine having been married five times, looking for love in the wrong places. So she would have met up with a lot of rejection. So we have all these things that come against us when we do life. And it's not so much what comes against us. It's what we do with what comes against us. Because after all, Jesus had things come against him. He had betrayal. He had rejection. The priests rejected him. He had betrayal. He was betrayed by Judas. He also had anger. People throw anger, hatred, jealousy. Do you understand? So these things will always happen. It's what we do with these things when they happen. Now, growing up, I felt um, I also had issues with certain things. Um, I felt different right from a young age in the sense that even my choice of music was different. I just felt um, I was the second to the last of ten children. I felt... Um, there were times I knew things and I would say it and I would be ignored, mostly because of age. But um, that sort of made me feel growing up that my voice wasn't wanted. Okay? And you know, for s um, I am prophetic. For somebody who is prophetic, that's the enemy holding you at your gifting to say, we don't, 
destroying you from your place of gifting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I got married quite young. Um, always wanted to go to do a PhD abroad. Got a Commonwealth scholarship, and I went. Um, I had two children at the. T we had two children at the time. It was very tough because I'm somebody who loves to be at home, and I miss the family so much. After three months, I said I'm not doing this anymore. And um, my husband came to bring me home. But when he got there, he was able to convince me to, to settle. Today I, know that, today, I know that it wasn't about the PhD, because I've hardly used it. It wasn't about the PhD. It was about the Lord getting me into a quiet space where he could teach me about himself, where he could teach me to love him like he wants to be loved because a lot of times we do things for God but we don't we forget to ask him how do you want me to do this how do you want me to love you how do you want me to walk with you in this and so that's where I learned a relationship that involves me talking with him me praying to him Prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not a one-way conversation. If you pick up your mobile and you put it to your ear and you hear, you just talk right through, you are going to know there's something wrong with your handset and you're going to throw it away. But why do we think that we go to God and we tell him many things and we shout at him for 30 minutes and then we go away? That can't be a relationship, personal relationship, talk less of a an intimate personal relationship. I also learned, so one thing to just um, throw in at this time that's, is that when you're doing anything that you feel the Lord has asked you to do, stay at the will, whatever it is, okay? Stay at the will. That's lesson one in being faithful. Another thing was during the, my time of studying, um, much as I was doing a PhD, I found that the more I studied, the less I knew. And so I, started, I got quite frustrated with that and this found out that, oh, but Jesus knows more. So I started finding, um, I started feeling what he would tell me was much better than what I would try to reason out with my big brain. And so I learned to not be impressed at all with my head and be so chased after him for what's on his heart. What's his answer? What's Jesus saying about this? What's this? Um, what, 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 what's he, what does he want to do? And that's the thing we have to develop, our ability to hear from him. However, we work it out with him. And it's something that we practice over time. And as we develop it, it gets better. I always say to people, go to the Lord with pen and paper. Because sometimes we say we want to hear from God. But when you take pen and paper, it's, it shows expectation. It means you are waiting to hear. And Papa God, this Saturday morning, I'm staying with you until you tell me. And don't ask him for something about your whole life. Ask him for, Papa, how are you feeling this morning? What do you want to tell me about this, um, this person that's... How, what do you want to tell me about me doing this ministry in the church? Is it me you want to do that or is it somebody else? Father God, where do you want us to live? We're, in a new, we're going to a new, we're going on transfer. You knew that we were going to be going there. Where's the place you have kept 
for us. Papa, give me a picture of the place. So that's the interaction that he loves and adores. And he will give you a picture. But some people go to God and say, God, what is my future? He's not going to tell you that because he doesn't want to, for you to run off and go and spoil your future. Now, um, after, um, after I returned um, from doing the PhD in Birmingham University, my husband's job started getting us to travel all over the world. Um, he was working for Shell at that time International. And so we started traveling. We lived in Holland, we lived in Namibia, we lived in the UK, we lived all over the place. So you're traveling with four children, you're moving house almost every two years or three years, different school, different everything. Now, so this keeps bringing you out of your comfort zone. And so each place, Father God, where are we going to live? Where have you set up for us to live? It's not just you go there and you look on the website to look for, do you understand? Because sometimes the estate agents would get really fed up with, with me that, madam, these houses we've shown you are very good. But in my mind, but I'm praying and asking, Lord, is it this house? And he says, no. And is it this house? And we always have a, a time limit to search for house. Do you understand what I'm saying? But as you do your history with God, as you learn to talk to him, as everything you do is with him, there's no circular for me and holiness, everything is holy unto him. I want him involved in every aspect of my life because life is so much more interesting. He brings fullness to our lives. So why would I not want him in every part of it? Now, this also meant that I couldn't work. So after all that suffering with the PhD, I couldn't work. And um, my friends... At one time, really, when I came back and I got a job in the university, I was earning as much as a friend's driver who was a managing director of a bank. So you can imagine how this made me feel. Um, not only how you would feel, but how people would tell you, oh, that you, are, you must be a failure, or you are very lazy. Oh, why don't you go and get a better job, and things like that. But the Lord told me he wanted me to look after the children, he wanted me to look after my husband, and he wanted me to get to know him. Now, when God tells you to get to know him, you have no idea what that means. It has no framework. But all you know is that he says you shouldn't work. And you don't understand it, but you learn to do it. One thing I've learned is that you ask him for confirmation. Because we hear a lot of things. We say God said and God said and God said. But you need to ask him for confirmation. You need to have one or two close friends who you can say, please, this is what I'm wondering about with the Lord. Can you pray and see? I remember at that time when I was trying to find out from him because all sorts of people were, I had a PhD in the UK, so why wouldn't you go to the university and get a job? It wasn't something anybody could reason out. And I asked the Lord, could you make my husband tell me that he doesn't want me to work so that people don't keep telling me how lazy I am and things like that? And one day, my husband said to me, Mina, wouldn't it be nice if you don't work? So that, because we don't have enough time, we won't have enough time together. So if you are not working, when I can get time off, you will always be available for us to travel. As far as I was concerned, the Lord had given a tick. So for me, once God has said, the workings of what he has said 
is his own. It's not mine. I just need to know and to confirm that this is what he wanted. So it's not that I had any understanding, but I had enough to go by. And we always should have enough to go by once it is God said. I always ask people, what did God say? Now, in these countries to traveling, the Lord taught me, having taught me to love him in the UK, three years PhD, knowing him and everything. Now he was teaching me to love people. Um, so in the different nations, in the churches and all that, volunteering. And, um, and also, after that, he took me into Song of Solomon to teach me about his type of l expressing love. Song of Solomon is a book, just eight chapters, but he, it tells you how God woos you. You can read it at two levels, your relationship with God and then for spouses. So it tells us how God woos us, how God enjoys us, how God um, is so passionate over us. And so when we talk about love, we're always very um, laid back not laid back is not the word but it it helps you come into the extravaganza of god's love the unconditional nature the wholeheartedness which is what we should have in marriages so this is a place where you know you can learn because i always say that jesus models things and i always want to learn from jesus and so how jesus did with his father how his father did with him before jesus had done anything the father has said, this is my son who I love from heaven at the baptism. Okay? So, I was coping with rejection. I was coping with um, issues of identity and stuff. Because a lot of times we are, our identity is wrapped up in our work. But the Lord wanted my identity to be wrapped up in him for me to know nothing else. Now, these negative issues come at us when, either when we are growing up because our parents are supposed to show us about, about um, the relationship that is up there. Our parents, our fathers are supposed to provide protection, provision, and identity. The name is um, from our fathers, chromosomes, and all is our fathers. Are, so that's where identity comes from. And God provides that. However some of our fathers have been unable to do that we are all imperfect and so in our, how we we have been fathered and how we are fathering too we have these issues let's say a father when it's time for your school fees to be paid he travels all the time and then you are sent home from school you grow up th learning that father is not reliable and so we transfer this lie that i've learned to God the Father. And so much as I'm in church and I'm waving my hand and everything, deep in my heart, the Lord looks inside and he sees, she doesn't think I'm reliable. She doesn't think I'm reliable. And the same thing with our mothers and the same thing with our siblings. Our mothers are supposed to provide nurturing, comfort, and teaching. If over the years our mothers have been very, very overbearing, controlling, you have to earn their love and all that. That's how we see the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit um, does for us. Nurturing, comfort, and um, teaching. But the, um, Jesus does co companionship, um, communication. 
And so that's what our siblings are supposed to teach us. So if you have had siblings that have been distant and things like that, then you find growing up, your relationship with Jesus is not as intimate. And so that's where Bethel Sozo Network Nigeria comes in. Because during the Sozo, in the presence of um, the Holy Spirit, God the Father and Jesus, we ask them, what, where are the areas in our lives that we um, have to forgive our parents? So that's those on this earthly level for not having, what do we have to forgive them for? And the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, points it out, and so we forgive them. And they come out of the way for the Godhead to come in and become closer. That really is one of the tools in Sozo. And so that's one way we can um, get into intimacy uh, much, much closer. And so... Luckily for the woman in our story, she met with Jesus. Jesus told her how important it is to, that if she had only known and recognized him, then she would have been able to have put a demand on him. She would have been bold to have asked him. She would have been expectant in asking him. And so a lot of times, we are not able to enter into things that we are entitled to because of this relationship thing. And when, we, when the, Jesus said um, he wanted her to know him, knowing involves loving. It involves obedience and involves worship. That brings us into an intimate place of knowing. And um, she said, uh, the, Jesus said because she would have recognized him. Much as she knew in her head, she had heard about Messiah, Head knowledge is not able to help you to experience. There are two different things. And we need more than head knowledge now. We need, we need that love that draws us into the intimacy of knowing our, our heavenly fathers. And we need to be able to walk in the fullness of all that. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. We need to be those who hear his voice. We all are entitled to hearing his voice. And so it's something we need to, um, we need, we need to, um, we need to key into. I remember once, I, and when I say hear his voice for everything, I remember once I was traveling, I was going to Holland to speak, and that morning I was asking the Lord, should I use any makeup? And He said no. And I thought maybe I didn't hear properly, so I put on lots of makeup. So in the taxi. As I, I had the Muslim come to pick me, the taxi driver. So in the taxi, I always am asking, even when I'm on planes and all, Lord, what do you have for me to say to this person? Because I always want to be a blessing to people I meet. And um, the Lord told me a little bit about the man. So I started talking to him. Anyway, long and short of the story, by the time we got to Heathrow, he said, I want you to know your God. And so now also the Lord had told me to put a Bible in my hand luggage. But my hand luggage was already heavy, so I ignored it. So I didn't put a Bible there. The Bible was in my suitcase. So by the time I got to the airport and he said he wanted to know my God, I said, come to the back seat and let me lead him to Christ. So I now was weeping like anything because this was why the Lord told me not to wear makeup. And he told me to put a Bible in my bag because now I had nothing to give to this man. I was rushing for my flight. So I'm just trying to say how involved the Lord wants to be with everything 
we are doing. Because remember, he knows the end from the beginning. I remember last time I was flying down, there was a lady who was sitting um, on the flight with me. And at the beginning of the flight, her surrounding was already dirty. So I was quite irritated. And when I sat down, I said to the Lord, I looked, you know, at her, saw the place, and then she was on her phone. And I was saying to myself, she has to put off her phone. So the Lord said to me, aren't you going to ask me what you want to say to her? So I said, Papa, see how dirty her place is. So he said, is that going to stop you from asking me? So I said, but she's also on her phone. So he said, why is that such a, an issue for you? So I said, because if something happens to the plane, where will we all be? So anyway, I said to her, so I said to her, um, I th by this time they had announced about putting off your phones and all. So I said to her, I think you're going to have to put off your phone. So she then hid it so that I couldn't see. But I knew it was still on, so I still was not okay. So I said, so I then said to Papa, okay, if you get her to put off this phone, I will ask you what you want to say to her. And we're long and short of this story. She put off the phone, she slept off, and I slept off. So when I woke up in the morning and I turned my head, I saw her and I remembered my conversation with Papa. So I said, okay, Papa, you kept your own side of the bargain. Okay, what do you want to say to her? What do you want me to say to her? So the Lord then told me about her heart and other things. And then the Lord said, tell her that what she's afraid of is not going to happen to her. So I greeted her nicely. I was much nicer this morning. <laughs> And then I said to her, I said, um, can I share with you what your heavenly father wants to tell you? He so adores you because the Lord had just shown me her heart and it was so beautiful. And um, so I shared with her and then she sa I said, the Lord says what you're afraid of is not going to happen to you. And then one or two other things. And so I said, does it resonate with you? And she said, yes, that I came for the funeral. We are three. I came for the funeral of my second sister. And I'm afraid I'm the one going to be next. Now, I just want us to know how serious the things there are that God wants to deal with. And so it's not a fun thing. It's we are his hands and feet on this earth. And so I then, of course, quickly before we landed, you know, prayed for her, did a mini sozo on her, blah, 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 blah. Told her when you get to Canada, look for Bethel sozo. Blah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which I could have missed with my behavior. Do you understand? Or totally ignored. So I'm just trying to help us remember that us walking into a destiny is important if we are able to enter into this intimate relationship with our Lord God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit worship the lord expanded upon in this story that worship is so important and um the lord is looking for those who worship in truth in spirit and in truth he's seeking for those who will come with everything and worship is not just songs worship is wanting to bring your everything to lay on the altar for him in response to what he did we are unable to love others if we have not received his own love. Because it's from that place of receiving his own love that we can then love others. It's not something we know to do on our own. And so finally, Sozo helps to heal us.
so that all those issues we are suffering we, we, that come against us, we can overcome them to enter into his heart. Bethel Sozo is something that brings you into intimacy with the Lord. There must be other methods, but why I recommend this is because God does it himself. Also, this gives us the ability to obey the first commandment. Remember, the first commandment is that we are supposed to love God with what? All our hearts, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind, with everything, and then love others. We need to begin to take this um, seriously. It's only when we are healed on the inside that we can be devoted to God the Father. We can then engage with his heart. I call this a journey into the Father's heart. His heart is the destination. The deeper we go, the more submerged in his love, in worship, and in obedience to him. A lot of times we think that becoming the C CFO or whatever is the ultimate. It's not the ultimate. Because if it was, you wouldn't have so many suicides in corporate world. Okay, it does, None of those were designed to bring happiness. Rather, your knowledge and love of God is what enables you in that position the Lord gives you to do it differently, to bring the kingdom of God near. So Father God sent Jesus to reconcile our hearts so that we can have the type of relationship with him that will then inform everywhere we are. The woman in the market, the woman at the school gate, the woman, uh, uh, the man, anywhere. We do it with a difference because we are children of the Most High God. May the Holy Spirit take us deeper and deeper into the Father's heart. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 